You are listening to Just Another Podcast. Contact us directly at Just Another Podcast Live at gmail.com. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Podcast. I'm your boy Daryl. And I'm your boy Will. We're excited you guys are still listening. Um, so Will don't know what we're gonna Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do y'all hear? Matter of fact, I'm not even gonna start over. I want y'all to hear the disrespect that's coming through from my co-host. <laughs> yeah. Listen, uh, I set my alarm for this. Hey, that's real. That's real. Y'all, now, I am nervous. I am nervous. Daryl got a topic he did not uh, cue me on. So it's it's going down today. So I'm gonna let y'all y'all before I even say it, I'm gonna let y'all know my source is the shade room. So you already know it's problematic. All right. Okay. All right. So this is a post I seen on the, I saw it on the shade room. I saw it mentioned on another podcast. So I wanted to bring it up to see what your thoughts were. Okay. okay. So the topic or person of discussion is Erica Campbell. You know who that is? I do know who Erica Campbell Mary, is. Mary, Mary. I do. Gospel singer, get these shackles off my feet so <laughs> I can dance. Mm-hmm. All right. So this was something she posted on Instagram. Right, so I'm gonna read you the post, and then we kind of digest what your thoughts are on it. Okay. Okay. So she says, "Hey, preachers and pastors, you should rethink liking the pictures of ladies in sexy bikinis, especially when you're married. Even when the caption is deep and spiritual, you shouldn't double tap. I'm just saying." Okay. So let's let me get your initial thoughts. Hmm. I mean, I think that's interesting, though. Like, I don't know, that one kind of caught me off guard because I'm, I guess if you see a picture that you like, you can double tap it, but then there's so many different connotations that are ingrained in that. And then you throw in a piece that it's a pastor and it's like, How's that reflected on your congregation? I don't know. That's a tough one, Daryl. Yeah. So you already know the shade room is not the most friendliest place to play. Right. And so mm-hmm. they ripped her apart. A lot of people talked about she was insecure. Some people was like, sis, just text your husband if that's what you need to do. <laughs> um, they were going in. Uh, but some people was on her side like, oh, that's just married men in general should go by this rule. Um, and I thought it was interesting, right? Because I mean, I'm neither here or there when it comes to her situation. I think, I think in general, in general, I think she was kind of referring to the way it looks, right? Mm. Um, and mm. so let's just imagine if we saw a picture of Rihanna, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rihanna in a bathing suit, mm-hmm. 99% of men would like it probably. This is hypothetical, okay? Probably 99.9%. Right, so, but how would it feel if it said Mike Todd and 159 million people liked it? (laughs) And see, that's my issue, right? And so in, in, in digesting this a little bit, at the end of the day, pastors, preachers, they're still human, right? And we put so much, we, we treat them almost as if they are God, right? Like, but they're not at the end of the day. And I mean, I hate, you know what? Let's talk about it. 
Like uh, Jamal Bryant, this man then had how many affairs at his church and is still pulling in a big congregation. I mean, there are all these different pastors that, you know, they they might, you know, be married, have a side a side chick or or whatever, but it's I don't know. And I, and I think that that's it's one of those it's it's one of those very testy subjects because we treat our priests and our pastors almost like they're above human, right? And it it brings back a thought that, you know, like when you and I were in undergrad, one of the churches that we attended was uh, World Overcomers. And I remember um, I had got really close with the youth pastor, who's now the pastor of Nikhil Church down in Charlotte. And it was certain topics that I was so nervous to talk to him about because, again, like this perception of, oh, he's godly. He doesn't do X, Y, and Z. And I remember one day, like we sat down, had a conversation. He was like, well, everything you, you've done or even thought of do doing, I probably already did it. He was like, when I was at Carolina, I was the biggest partier, you know, getting drunk, you know, doing this, doing that. But I don't know. And I think like, it's one of those things that at the end of the day, yes, they're men of God or women of God, but they are still human. And so we should treat them just the same way we treat the next person um, on the street. This is this is better than I imagined. This is better <laughs> than I imagined because I knew you was going to say that. And I like holistically disagree. <laughs> I, really? I holistically disagree. How so? so? I, I'm not even going to talk about the standard or if there mm -hmm. should be a standard for men of faith, right? I'm going to come mm -hmm. from the perspective that what you liking it for? Like, <laughs> yeah. It don't matter if you know preacher. Like, I'm not even gonna bring the preachers down here. I'm I'm mm -hmm. I'm challenging men to elevate. What mm -hmm. is the purpose? Like, I don't know. Social media has changed the way we live in society, right? Okay. And so if I'm a married man, mm -hmm. especially our example, Rihanna, All right? right. Mm -hmm. So we we know there's an algorithm to social media, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways to get you interested in something is to show that people you know mm -hmm. are interested in it, mm -hmm. right? So by default, if you like that picture, Will, mm -hmm. when I go look at it, it's going to say, I am Will on you and 50 other million people like that, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the first thing is you put yourself in a vulnerable situation when you like a picture because anybody you know will likely know you liked it. Like you, mm -hmm. I think, I don't know if everybody doesn't understand. So fellas, ladies, stop listening mm -hmm. for a second. Fellas, <laughs> if you didn't know, let me warn you. Cause some fellas I had just liking anything and everything. If and you go called. like a picture mm -hmm. of a female mm -hmm. and you are the only person who that person's friend and your wife a girlfriend goes to her page, it's going to say you, even if it was five people, it's going to say you and five other people like this picture. And so See, I, and I, disagree. I didn't even go make ahead, my I'm point yet. I didn't even make my point. All go, I go said ahead, is that Instagram is going to expose uh -huh. you. That's, that's <laughs> my point. I ain't even made no point yet. I'm just breaking down the facts. Okay. All right. So you mm -hmm. like a picture, you, you have a desire in your heart to express how much you like a photo, 
I'm letting, I'm just breaking down for people. Everybody don't know how Instagram work. Mm-hmm. Everybody don't know how Facebook work. And you keep wondering how, and because there's some guys out there who doing their thing. It's just mm-hmm. a like, but they trying to figure out how in the world did she know I liked it? Mm-hmm. Why are you going through that girl likes? She didn't have to go through it. Instagram told her <laughs> that you and 4,052 other men <laughs> yeah. like the photo. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I think sometimes, in my opinion, especially people with a lot of likes, I feel like you got to ask yourself, what is the motivation, right? Mm-hmm. So if I like a picture, and this is not, and let me make this clear, I guess, this is not about liking females' pictures. Mm-hmm. So this is in the context of like bikinis, lingerie, those more type of mm-hmm. uh risque pictures right mm-hmm. there what is the value right mm-hmm. that you get from hitting like right because if mm-hmm. you like the picture mm-hmm. nothing's going to change like your morals your values if i see the picture and i like it i like it right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. to hit my finger twice what is the <laughs> message that i'm trying to send what is my goal what am i hoping to get out of it and do i ever get that mm-hmm. right and so, so many times I feel like men do that and then find themselves battling the way out instead of just not doing it. Mm. So go ahead, go ahead and, and make your point. Um, I'm not actually, I'm not even really trying to make a point. I just don't think that deeply about it. Cause at the end of the day, like, yes, I'm familiar with the algorithms. Yes. I know how they work, but also like if I'm scrolling through Instagram, whether it's a picture of a nice car or if it's a picture of Meg Thee Stallion, like, I don't feel like me liking that picture or me um, initiating that, you know, somebody else that knew me was to see and was like, Will, and 50 billion other uh, people like that picture. Again, like, I don't think that deeply about it, like, just for the context of even from, again, using that example, like, my fiance and I, like, we, we have a very healthy relationship. Like, we talk about, I'd be like, yeah, girl, that girl fine as hell. And she'd be like, mm, look at this person. I'd be like, chill, bro. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know. Like, I, I guess for me, like, I just don't think that deeply into it. And that that's the point. All the I need all the fellas to listen. This I'm I'm out here saving relationships today. <laughs> Women think that deeply. Number one. Okay. Right? Some so women. so you no, I think okay, that's fair. Some women. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't care. Some of them, that ain't none of my business. Mm-hmm. But you can't, like, even when we first talked about the contest of a pastor, mm-hmm. it does matter. Like, all right, so this is just came out. Um, what is it called? The silhouette challenge. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. You know, female stands, presents herself, the music changes, it's dark. If you don't know, if you're over the age of 18, look it up. It matters. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I think it's selfish to be in a relationship and to think that co-signing your like in public doesn't matter. Like, if I went to one of these pages and I saw one of these silhouette challenges and it said, Bishop T.D. Jakes <laughs> and a million people, I don't care what you say. So, like, if you know if you've seen a pastor do it, 
uh-huh. and it will make you feel some type of way, you're re- you're acknowledging that it does matter. And so if the pastor is not, if Darryl, the pastor isn't question. on a pedestal, no, no, no. If the pastor isn't no, on a pedestal, question, no, though. let me finish my statement. If the pastor All is right. not on, if he's not on a pedestal and he's a regular mm-hmm. man, then it should mm-hmm. be a problem for you to do it as well. I mean, but wasn't it the good book that said Jesus went to the whores and the prostitutes? He ain't go to the rich and the uh, the people that fell highly of themselves. So you gonna blame Jesus? <laughs> I'm not blaming Jesus. I'm just I'm listening. Old scripture. Th- this is what I'm saying, fellas. You gonna like what you like, right? But mm-hmm. I challenge you, when possible, to restrain your impulses. Okay. Because, you know, I think it's like this false hope, like Rihanna not going to know that you liked it. Mm-hmm. And you and you got to think about this. We talked about this a couple of episodes. People won't even support their friend. Like we can post this episode right now, Will. We will have eight likes. But when we go to Rihanna page, it's going to say <laughs> John, Joe, Billy, and Sheena. <laughs> like this post but they can't even support so it's like what is the motivation like mm-hmm. people would rather like something that could potentially frustrate their relationship than support mm-hmm. their friends this is true this is you get true. what i'm saying so like you everybody does something for a reason mm-hmm. i say this is my personal opinion like you just i just and it's it might just be who i am as a person but mm-hmm. i'm just like okay if I like something that I know I ain't got no business liking, mm-hmm. why would I like it? Like, why would you put your like thumbprint? Like, I want y'all to have my DNA. <laughs> I ain't got no business looking at this. Yeah. <laughs> is that but deep? I, they get thumbprints now. Is that deep? I, I've been, and I know this. I know that it for some women is frustrating because I have seen posts that my friends like, like I go and it's like your homeboy. And I'm just like, man, I wish he would have thought what he liked it. Mm-hmm. So I know females think that way. Cause men think that way. I don't think it's a female problem. Mm-hmm. I think it's a man problem, a human problem. And I think sometimes we almost weaponize insecurities, right? Mm. Um, and so that term is used, thrown out a lot, especially towards women like, Oh, you just insecure. You're not secure mm-hmm. in your relationship. Um, and I think in her case for Erica Campbell, it had nothing to, I don't think we had enough to say that she was insecure in her relationship. I think she just shared her opinion mm-hmm. that if you're a pastor, maybe you shouldn't take, maybe you shouldn't like the picture of the girl on the dance team when she was at the beach last week. <laughs> right. There's a lot of other pictures on the page. It's not saying that you can't have female friends and celebrate the stuff that they do, but you may you may want to consider which post that you like and not mindlessly like anything you see. That makes sense. So I'm I'm inspiring everybody today. Fellas, this this, this is my bottom line. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I don't care why you do it. It's not worth it. Just, just if you single and you want to shoot your shot, shoot your shot. But if you're trying to do the right thing, this is for all my brothers out there. 
Mm-hmm. We trying to do the right thing. We trying to go in the right direction. Don't do that, right? Because like what happens is, what if what if the worst happens, right? Mm-hmm. What if you double tap this picture and you like, it's nothing. I just like the picture. And then what if you get a message like, oh, I see you like, like it could lead so many ways, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's just my thoughts. Um, but yeah, it is just a picture at the end of the day. But I think everything we do has repercussions. So, so that, that actually brings up an interesting point that um, I was thinking about earlier today. So um, as many of you know, you know, we still waiting for uh, baby Ashton Legend to come. So I decided today that, you know, I wanted to get Ashley out the house, take it to the mall, like walk around a little bit, see if we can go ahead and uh, move this process along because we got a snowstorm coming in. Know my, know my son, like I know him, he's going to decide to come right in the middle of the snowstorm. But Ashley brought up a point that, you know, was really interesting, you know, as young people, and when I say young people, I'm thinking, I'm talking about like, you know, uh, college, grad school, like uh, late teens, early 20s, like we have this ambition for ourselves in our lives, you know, like by this age, I want to be married, have kids, have a house, X, Y, and Z. But as we gently garner toward these uh, certain milestones of certain ages, and those things aren't a reality, you know, we look back and take stock on our life and ask ourselves, you know, where did we go wrong? And I think, especially, you know, within um, our community, that's that's an interesting point, right? Because I just think about how a lot of us didn't grow up in two-parent households, right? Like growing up, um, I remember with the exception of like my cousins that live like outside the city, most of my friends um, at home you know, we, they only, um, like being a single mother to me was just a normal thing because like, that's what I saw on a regular basis. And even for the ones that their fathers were in the picture, like they just like, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. So I guess my question, uh, Dale, that I want to ask you is, you know, as you take stock of your life and as you, uh, look back to like friends that you had growing up and, you know, um, you and I are both engaged to be married, you know, starting our lives with our uh, partners and whatnot. Like, what are the different points of contention that people, I don't want to say go wrong, because I don't think that's the right word to use, but how, how, how do plans deter? Bro, so this is, this is actually a good, a good topic. So I actually had a drag out debate today with my homeboys, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we probably, we might talk about this on our next podcast, but I think the number one thing I would say is don't let the experience or the life that you've been conditioned in determine your future. Mm. Right? Um, so let me, I'm going to read the text. We, this is, I'm talking about, we was texting, we was texting like, we was texting like, I just found out you was cheating. Explain yourself texting like this. We were going at it, right? Mm. And so what happened was I put in a quote, just being funny. I put in a quote that said, if you're, and I'm this, there's a bad word in this, this quote, guys, this is a J Cole quote. It says, if you're scared to take a chance, how the Mm -hmm. fuck we going to get rich. Mm. Right. And so that's the quote. If you're scared to take Mm -hmm. a chance, how the fuck we going to get rich. Mm -hmm. And so the immediate response Mm -hmm. I got was a lot of people oh wait no that's not the first response let me go back 
the immediate response I got was some people don't plan to get rich. They just mm. want to be happy. Mm. Right. And I think that is dangerous. And I'm going to tell you why. I think number one, so many people associate being rich with not being happy. Right. Mm. I think that's a dangerous thing because we've been conditioned that rich wasn't an option. We demonize being wealthy, Mm -hmm. right? And we use happiness as a justification for why we're not where we want to be, right? And so Mm -hmm. I don't need that. I just want to be happy. Mm. And if we break it down, you're not... Like, you're not not rich because you want to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I, if I go to my family and I say, Uncle George, I don't got no Uncle George, by the way. Why are you where you are? Why are you mm-hmm. not wealthy? He's not going to say because I chose to be happy. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's mm-hmm. a slippery slope when we try to justify. Like, you're conditioned, like, like, for example, Will, if you grew up with drug dealers, do you think you would be mm-hmm. more likely or less likely to be a drug dealer? More likely. More likely. So if you grow up around poverty, mm-hmm. you're more likely to live mm-hmm. in poverty, right? Mm-hmm. If you grow up mm-hmm. around rich people, you're more likely to be rich. And so mm-hmm. our lives have conditioned us that rich is not an option and rich, mm. is, rich is evil. So like you like, nah, nah. I'm not rich because I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. I'm focused on happiness is what matters to me. And I think regardless of where you go in life, mm-hmm. wealth is just and like matriculation of doing mm-hmm. what you do well. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you have to sell your soul to do. Mm-hmm. Anything that you do well, you will get compensated for. And so I think, I think that's one of the things, right? You, you get so used to where you came from mm-hmm. that achieving that is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my goal was to inspire them, but we got in a whole debate about, mm-hmm. is it reasonable to desire to be rich? And I think that's an interesting point. I know we're segueing a little bit off, but you know, I was thinking about this the other day, right? So um, have you heard about the whole thing with GameStop? I have a lot of people been talking about it. All right. So for those who haven't heard, there's this uh, there's this Reddit group called Wall Street Bets. And essentially what they did was to like basically go against like these large, big financial hedge fund um, institutions. They propped up um, the stock of a failing company. Right. So GameStop was trading at I want I want to say like uh, 16, like 10 or like 15 dollars. Right. And again, like for, uh, for those of you who are familiar with the stock market um, and, you know, for those of you who aren't a stock in a company is basically a portion of the company that you can buy to have ownership. And so what they did was because this hedge fund shorted uh, the company and basically what it means is they betted against it in order to make money. This group prompted like a, like literally like people from around the world to like propped up um, this um the stock so uh GameStop stock went from like uh $17 a share to like $400 a share and literally like um put this 
hedge fund out of uh, business. They had to file for bankruptcy. But in seeing that, it was such an interesting concept because like, to your point about wealth, I remember um, a couple months back, I saw um, a Instagram post by Meek Mill. He was like, yo, we literally live in a time where it's so easy to be a millionaire. What the F are you doing with your life, right? And in seeing that, I really thought about it. I was like, yo, like we literally live in a period where like if you have some level of understanding or some level of the ability to learn, there is a way to make yourself wealthy, right? And, you know, whether it's owning businesses, whether it's saving and investing, whether it's um, investing in the stock market or in crypto, like there's so many different avenues. But to that point, Daryl, I think there are just some people who are content. And I think content is the right word to use because there are some people that they grew up in poverty, right? Like their aspirations for life were... I want to make $60,000 a year, be able to feed my family and buy a house. And for them, they can make that and just be happy with that for the rest of their life. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay, right? Because everybody does not need to be extremely wealthy. Everybody does not need to be a millionaire. Everybody does not need to be a billionaire. There are some people that are just so comfortable with having what they have and that being okay. And so I think to that point, like, it's one of those interesting things because um, recently I had to like create a new group me because like my family, some of my family members kind of like came at me because they were like, oh, um, you know, we created this group um, group me to, you know, stay in touch with the family. But every time you get in here, you talk about stocks, bonds, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, yo, because I don't want, I just don't want to get wealthy for myself. Like I want all y'all to eat too. And so it, it was interesting because I was like, yo, like I, th I thought I was doing y'all a favor, right? I thought I was, you know, helping, um, educate you all on something that you might not know and, you know, vice versa. But it, it like it just got to the point where I realized that, you know, some people are just very happy where they're at and there's nothing that you can do or say that's going to change that ideology for them. Man, that is so true. That is so true. Like when, when we were going back and forth, I, I kind of made a statement. I was like, you're so conditioned mm. mm -hmm. that rich is not a possibility mm -hmm. that you're offended. About mm -hmm. even the discussion that you could be. Yeah, I mean, like, think about it, though. Think about the ideology of, like, how we're brainwashing this country, right? Like, even from a political stance. Like, why are the majority of, and again, this is getting real contentious, but why are the majority of Black people Democrats, right? Because the Democrats have always been viewed, quote-unquote, um, uh, since Lincoln, that Democrat was the party of the working people that uh, Republicans were just rich and evil and just wanted to um, keep all their money to themselves, where we forget to realize that most of those Democrats and Republicans are in the same tax bracket. Like, we fail to realize that, you know, like, the reason why we pay higher taxes, the reason why in the suburbs, you know, they have nicer schools, they have nicer amenities, they have nicer things, taxpayers pay for that the reason why in the in the in a lot of urban areas or inner city areas the reason why we have poor schools the reason why our kids aren't receiving the right educate the education needed in order to be successful members of society is because there are no taxpaying dollars going into 
activities and productivity for that school, right? And so like, this is something that we, we all, um, Ashley and I often talk about, right? Like, because that first, and you know, she has changed my whole ideology on, on taxing because at first, you know, I was like, no, nah, I want to keep my money. I don't want to pay taxes, but it's like, it is so many things that we benefit off of, like your garbage. I ain't gonna say the police, you know, that's a contentious point. Firefighters, like there's so many different things that like, you know, we benefit from that. Like it is taxpayer dollars going into that. There's a show, um, Daryl, I'm sure you've seen it. It's called uh, I Am Athlete. Um, and it's like a bunch of ex-NFL players um, just talk about their experience. And uh, uh, Channing, um, I forgot what his last name, but he said something that was so pivotal uh, to me. He was like, yo, he was like, I'm a millionaire, but, I'm, but I, I always vote Democrat because I am the only person that I know that's a millionaire. Everybody else that I know, my family is broke. So they don't benefit off the same um, benefits that I get as a millionaire. So yes, I'm okay with the government taking a little bit more out of my check in taxes in order to make sure that they're straight. But yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. And I think I, I do want to be clear that we're not saying that not being wealthy is an issue. Yeah. We're not saying not being rich is a problem. We're not saying it's anything. It, it is okay to be wherever you are in life, mm -hmm. right? And that's your choice. But on the other side, you can't, you can't look down on people mm -hmm. that have a desire to be wealthy, right? And so um, I, I saw this interview with Jay-Z and he said, I didn't work this hard just to stay the same, mm -hmm. right? And then so you look at people who've put in years of work, right? Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're far along our process of trying to create the careers and the dreams that we want. It's almost weird because you, you don't want to push people to think that they're wrong for wanting wealth. I, I, mm -hmm. think, I think that's, and I don't like to use this, I don't want to use this analogy, but it's almost like that slave mentality. Mm, talk about it. So like, you, you just don't want, it's just, it's easier for me to stay on the plantation mm -hmm. and get fed, mm -hmm. right? Instead of mm -hmm. owning your own. And so that's why I think that's one of the biggest things that I want you guys to get from this podcast is we want to empower, even if it's just one person mm -hmm. to say, this is where I am. And if I just put a little bit of effort, Mm -hmm. If I can just crawl a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. There are things like this system wasn't built for us, but if we are willing to play the game, we could mm -hmm. change the lives of every person that comes after us. Like mm -hmm. little things. This isn't about this isn't about being six nine or six ten mm -hmm. and being LeBron James height. You the system is set up that you could go to your job for 50 years and retire a millionaire from a few good mm -hmm. decisions. This mm -hmm. isn't about flipping houses like mm -hmm. Will wants to do. This isn't about opening several businesses like I want to do. Mm -hmm. If you just invest in your 401k, mm -hmm. you make good decisions. You work hard enough to get promoted and not just enough to not get fired. Mm. little decisions could change your life right and so if you don't want that right if like where i'm at 
is as far as I want to go, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be frustrated listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like I can let you guys know that now because we're, we're hoping to share our journey mm-hmm. so that everybody we know can grow with us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I know sometimes it could easily come off as you're looking down on people who are not doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's never our intention. That's never our heart. We're always striving to motivate people to just take that extra step. Right. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? Um, it's different for everybody, mm-hmm. but definitely I just don't want people to walk away thinking being wealthy is a way to not be happy. You mm-hmm. can be happy. You could do what you love. You could do the thing that God put you on this earth to do and do mm-hmm. it so well that your family and your children and your children's children can benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And to that point, um, I highly um, recommend a book called uh, The Everyday Millionaire by Chris Hogan. Um, and this book was so pivotal because it shows you, right? Like you can, you can be a millionaire by the age of retirement. You don't have to invest in real estate. You don't have to even be an active uh, investor in the stock market. You don't have to own multiple businesses. They're just small incremental changes that you can make in your life that can help you garner that, right? One thing that is very simple, a lot of us work at uh, jobs where our company matches our 401k. So instead of putting uh, 4%, whereas the max is 6%, you know, instead of you may lose the extra $100 or extra $50 a month, but by adding that extra 50 or extra 100 toward your 401k, your company's matching that. Now that's $100 or $200 times that by how many ever years you work there, you retire and that's where your millions come from. Or you decide that instead of saving, you know, and again, everybody's situation is different. So you really have to do things predicated on your experience. Like uh, for me, you know, where I'm getting ready to refinance my home so I can get a a lower interest rate. And, um, but it's going to bring up my, it's going to bring up my, uh, my monthly mortgage payments. Right. But again, I am blessed enough that God has put me in a position where my wife and I can afford this opportunity. Right. And I think to that point too, Dale, this is actually a pretty interesting story. You'll get a kick out of this. So today was my first day of class. I teach a college preparatory class to high school students who aspire to attend top colleges and universities. And after class, as she was making fun of me, she was, I was about to call Daryl because you was yelling at them kids and you were scaring them. They probably terrified. And I was like, no, because like, I'm not going, I'm not going to BS them, right? Because the majority of students come from uh, places that we were just talking about, right? The majority of these students come from, uh, from poverty. They come from places where they were told that you can never attend college, yet alone an Ivy League or a top elite school. And they've gone through school systems where, you know, counselors and teachers and people that are supposed to be there to encourage them really haven't done so. So I'm not going to do you a disservice by giving you an easy A or giving you an easy course. No, like we about, we, we about to go hard. And I told them, I was like, listen, this is what I expect. And if you don't want to do it, don't show up to my class. It's really that simple. And yeah, some people can, may view it as harsh, but for me, it's like, no, like I'm going I'm to keep, I'm going to show you my energy off rip. So we don't have issues later on in the class. 
So you don't come to me um, next week, even though I emailed you your information today and be like, well, Mr. On you like, I just ain't had time. Well, if you ain't had time, you ain't got time to be in my class right now. So I'll see, I'll see you next week, player. Right? Because again, it's one of those situations that like, again, this is, these are opportunities that are not afforded to everyone, but for those who are afforded to, like, like literally change your life. And I'm gonna tell you one last story before I, um, I stopped talking, but last semester I had this young lady that y'all, when I tell you she was a beast, super smart, super talented, number one in her class. Her biggest dream was to attend a top school and not have to pay for it. And I told my entire class, I was like, listen, I do research on this specific topic. I know the ins and outs of how to help you like prefer um, your applications, how to approach um, the admissions process. And I told my students, I was like, if any of you want some one-on-one help, again, I had a little more time last semester than I do now because I wasn't writing my dissertation back then. I told them that reach out to me and we'll set up a one-on-one. Daryl, do you know this? that little girl was the only one that reached out to me? We worked together over last summer for a nine-week period. And by the month and some change back, it was, and, I, and I'll never forget, this is about 12, 15, uh, midnight. Ashley and I were on the couch watching TV. I received an email and literally in the subject, all I saw was Mr. Anu, I did it. And I like, I'm reading the email. She was like, I got my acceptance letter from Barnard today. And she um, posted it. And it was like, uh, dear Mrs. Blank, you've been accepted into the school on a full ride. This girl that came from a situation where she didn't even know she was gonna go to college is now going to one of the top schools in the country in the nation, bro, and won't have to pay a dime. So, I mean, to your point, like, again, like, you know, the status quo is cool for everybody, but we li- we're living in a time, y'all, that if you really want something bad enough, you can find a way to make that happen. You can, you can. And I think, I think one of the things that I was listening to Secrets um, to Success podcast And one of the things they said on there was they were talking about success in general, right? Mm -hmm. And they kind of, you know, we've had these discussions about people's work ethic and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things they said was, why are people so comfortable in your circle, being average in your circle? Mm. What, What is it about you? Mm. And it was an interesting perspective. What is it about you that make people decide to be average mm-hmm. and okay to be in your circle, right? Mm. And so we all know Eric Thomas is like the number one motivational speaker in the world. And they just talked about how his presence and his energy mm. pushed them to levels they never thought they would be at, right? Mm-hmm. And so I know me and Will, we've always got that uh you guys are, uh, what's the word? Um, something direct. Now people say we are. Um, oh, blunt. Yeah, like so. We people say we can be harsh, right? Mm-hmm. We're like brutally direct, right? Mm-hmm. It's on purpose, mm-hmm. right? And so if you, if you're in our circle, right? If you're listening mm-hmm. to this, you're likely somebody we care about, right? Mm-hmm. 
or you know somebody that knows somebody that we care about. Mm -hmm. We want everybody to win, mm -hmm. right? So like I'm, I'm speaking in a couple of weeks for Black History Month at a school. Um, and like the things that you do can really impact the kids to come, man. Like mm -hmm. I'm speaking about being a pharmacist and an entrepreneur and it just does my heart good to be something that I never saw. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you think about going, I think about being in school. I didn't hear people talking about, hey, I didn't, I didn't know I could be a pharmacist until I got to college. Mm -hmm. Never seen a black pharmacist. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never seen people run successful businesses. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about side hustles that can get me by. I'm talking about I own my own business. And my employees have health insurance. Mm. You know, there's levels to everything, but like mm -hmm. I've never seen it done. And so, like, as we start to knock down these things in our lives, it's it's just like I probably if that girl had called me and said it, I probably would have cried. Oh, right? I did cry. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And man, we're we're not supposed to be emotional, and you got those stereotypes and yeah, no, anything BS. you do, everybody want to label you this or that, mm -hmm. bro. It is so amazing to impact somebody's life. You know what bro. I'm saying? Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like to that point, like it's funny. So, um, yesterday I dropped by a friend's house. And, you know, this is somebody that, you know, they, they motivate me. Like her husband is a, is an engineer, but on the side, like this man owns multiple properties. He's, he, this past summer, he just built a couple properties. They just put one on the market and like his, his grind and motivation has motivated her to quit her job, start a business. And now her business is thriving. And then she, she came to me, she was like, Will, you writing your dissertation right now. You're working full time. You you got a baby on the way, and you got like two or three podcasts you doing. Like, how do you do it? Like, and I was like, whoa. I mean, like, and it's so funny because like I didn't like I don't think about it, right? Like, because for me, like it's just like on autopilot. Like, and it's funny too today because um, my students, one of the questions they asked me was, you know, Mister Anu, how do you stay on track? And I was like, I make, I make, I make to do lists. Like, I kid you not, every single morning when I wake up. Like I make one of these lists. I put to do, I put the date and I list out every single thing I got to do there. And when I say everything, I'm not just talking about like work stuff or school stuff. I put everything down to the T. I got, I got uh, these calls at X, uh, Y times. I got to shoot just another podcast with Daryl at this time. I got to shoot an episode of um, Voices of Black Folk at this time. I have to work out at this time. It's gotten to the point where I schedule out the times I'm going to eat during that day, right? And again, like for me, like it's, it's a routine, but this isn't a routine that I'm just creating, right? No, like in high school, we had uh, basketball practice at 6 a.m. in the morning. So I have to wake up every morning at 4 a.m., you know, in, um, in college and in grad school, Daryl and I have talked about this. We were in the library all night, like studying and grinding, right? And so like for me, I told myself that I wanted to finish my dissertation this year, this semester, and had to create a game plan on how to get it done. And I remember sitting down with my boy about three and a half months back, and he was like, bro, it's very possible to do it. You have to work on it every single day. 
And I was like, that ain't a problem. He's like, well, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Like literally every single day you have to do a part of it. I'm like, that's not a problem, bro. Do you know that I am literally two days away from finishing my literature review about maybe two, three weeks away from finishing um, about 200 pages of my dissertation and getting ready to plan and schedule my dissertation day. Like, and you know, even saying that, like it really hit me the other day and I was like, yo, Monday is February. I'm defending my joint in March. And so it's one of those things. And again, I don't say this to gloat. I don't say this to prop myself up, but I just, I say it to say, yo, if there's something that you really want, if there's something that you're really passionate about, forget the noise, forget the naysayers, forget all the people that tell you you can't do it. Because those are those are the same people that are going to be in your ear once you make it. Oh man, I knew you could do it. Oh man, I always believed in you. Oh man, let me hold something. Like, if you want something bad enough, yo, you got to make it happen. You got to make it happen. Yeah, man. You block out those naysayers, man. Like, I, I know there's people right now who are probably like, yo, these dudes are doing the most. Like, they got all mm-hmm. these podcasts. They got all this stuff. I, I did want to read this comment. So this is a message I got this week. It says, what's good, bro? I listened to you guys' podcast for the first time on Wednesday you and Will are having great conversation, bro. It really made me think on how to enjoy your success and be happy with where you are in life without getting complacent or comfortable, right? Mm. And so this is why we do this. Like this this message made my whole year. We just started, right? We're only two weeks since launching this podcast. This is like episode seven seven right so you guys aren't even it's crazy because y'all don't know how consistent we are you guys are probably just finished like right now you guys are probably listening to episode four mm-hmm. right so there there is so much consistency and, and intentionality and in going into this um but whatever you want to make and that's mm-hmm. the thing i want to normalize success Mm-hmm. I want to normalize black excellence. Mm-hmm. I want to normalize wealth, right? Mm-hmm. We don't do what we do to be wealthy. Wealth is just an expectation of doing what we do well. And wealth is a mindset, right? And I think um, to that point, I, I don't know if it was you that told me this or somebody else that told me this. They were like, just like we have baby showers, just like we have, we have wedding showers, we should have business showers. When your boy um, starts a new company or when a friend starts a new entrepreneur venture, like let's throw a shower for them and come together. What you need? You need printers. You need a computer. You need paper. You need pens. You need pencils. Like this morning, um, our line brother, um, because matter of fact, it was something that I saw. We were in a group meeting. I saw that Daryl asked like, yo, like do these sizes fit true to the um, size? And I woke up this morning. I was like, yo, I literally went to Target the other day and bought a brand from somebody that I don't even know. Why won't I buy something from my own line brother? And I literally went on, pulled my credit card up, went online, like put the information in and, 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 hit, and hit confirm, right? Because at the end of the day, I will go out and I will buy some Adidas track pants. I don't know the CEO of Adidas. I'll go out and I will buy a pair of 
LeBron 12s. I don't know LeBron James, but I won't go out and buy the clothing company that my boy just started. Somebody I talk to every single day, I won't go out and support him. Yep, and it makes the world of difference, man. Shout out to Marco, man, Heritage Clothing Line. Um, if you guys aren't hip, definitely get hip. We've definitely been sharing it in our stories the last mm-hmm. few days. Um, but that's all. It, if, if people knew just the power of our collective, if we work together, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. And there's very few moments where I know specifically as a black community, we actually get together and get on the same page. But when we do, it's nothing that can mm-hmm. stop us, man. Nothing that can stop us. Like, look at the election. Mm. We, enough of us got disenfranchised. Enough of us lost their jobs, lost family members. Enough happened. Enough people got furloughed. Enough mm-hmm. happened to make us say, you know what? Let's put our voice together and make a change, right? And so while every decision you make might not be electing a president, supporting people like i don't even see the point like like you were saying like you will spend hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. to wear an outfit that you might only can wear once if you took a picture and posted it on instagram mm-hmm. but there's somebody that you know in your family in your circle and i'm not talking about support just because i'm talking about in your circle mm-hmm if you can't support the people in your circle mm. and so many times is people don't even think about supporting others until they need to be supported. Yeah. And when we say support, we're not only talking about financial um, support, Daryl, what, what I'll tell you early this, um, this year about every time you post something on uh, Instagram or Facebook tag you in it, bro. And so Daryl, would you say I like, aside from, you know, um, this podcast, would you say I've been consistent with that? Definitely. It takes three seconds, y'all. Like, you're going to be there anyways. You're going to be on the gram scrolling through all day, every day anyways. So going back to the original point of that Daryl made about going and liking Rihanna's picture or going and liking something that you ain't got no business liking, like, go like your friend's business endeavor. Go repost somebody's picture. Like I make it a point that every time I see something from um, aside from just another podcast, if I see something from um, in the bonus podcast, if I see something from Daryl Devon Studios, if I see something from Heritage Clothing, if I see something, um, my boy just launched a credit repair company where I know a lot of us that need help uh, credit repair. So shout out to Ian D's and his new company. Um, please go out and support him at Ian D's on Instagram. I support, right? Because these are the same services that when it comes around time that we need something like, oh man, you know any good tax people or you know any good credit repair people? Oh man, I'm looking for some dope new, um, you know, jiggy um, clothing or I'm looking for a podcast to listen to. Like, yo, support the people in your circle because when we talk about group economics, when we talk about building wealth as a community, Again, yes, wealth is on the predicate of money, but wealth is also a mindset. Building wealth has absolutely nothing to do with how much you make. It has all to do with how much you save and invest. 
Like one of my favorite quotes is by Albert Einstein. He said, the eighth one of the world is compound interest. Those who understand it, earn it, and those who don't pay it, right? And I take it a step further. I don't just think about compound interest in the essence of money. I think about compound interest in the essence of time. I think about it in the essence of support because everybody in Daryl's circle is not, I don't know nor does uh, Daryl know everybody in my circle. So me reposting something that he might post that somebody else in my circle might find, find interesting, they might reach out to him, right? Like we have um, a fraternity brother that has just been doing some phenomenal things. This man dared to go get a PhD from Harvard, I mean, an MD from Harvard. And then he was like, you know, why not go get a PhD from MIT? And on top of that, he's a musician. And on top of that, he's doing some other things. I'm talking about my man is killing the game. The other day I texted him, I was like, yo, bro, uh, me and Dale just started the podcast. We would love to have you on. He was like, man, just let me know when and where. Just let me know when and where. The crazy thing about it is when you invest in people, like, I don't think y'all get it. I am excited to be able to shout out my friends, mm-hmm. right? So when you guys hear us supporting our friends, like if I say, oh, check out my front, read option podcast, or check out the Heritage Code, like that is so exciting to me to have people in my circle who are doing amazing things, mm-hmm. right? And when you do that, it will come back to you, right? Because you're going to need things. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a guy I got in North Carolina, a shirt by Keon. This mm. dude, y'all, when I tell you, like, I have in the bonus sweatshirts. Mm. Why? We launched two weeks ago. This guy will make shirts the same day that I asked. Mm. And so so we, we kind of harped on support. Let's flip mm-hmm. the script, Will. Let's All talk right. to creators Mm. let's kind of hit on the importance of mastering your craft Mm. right because Mm. i think one of the things you hear is black businesses may not always have the same level of excellence so like Mm -hmm. what would you say to those creators or those business owners who are just starting so i'll say this and this is actually something that you told me so um, about two and a half months back, Daryl sends me this post on Instagram and is this entrepreneur. And he just said something that was so fundamentally simple, but so impactful at the same time. He was like, somebody will go to college, take out loans to go to college with the aspiration of graduating and getting a good job, right? So let me rewind that back. Leave high school because you don't have money to pay for college, take out loans to pay for a degree with the hope of acquiring a good job. But somebody will start a business and six months later, it ain't working out, they'll give up. Somebody will be so excited, they'll have a big launch, they'll be like, we doing this, we doing that. A year later, it ain't working out. Well, you know, I tried it, on to the next. There are people that put four, six years into their craft. I mean, uh, into school with the hopes of getting a job, making $40,000 a year. Use that same energy. If you truly believe in something, whether it's a clothing company, whether it's a production company, 
whether it's whatever, use that same energy that you would do with everything else and put it into that. And I think it brings me back to this situation, y'all. Like, I remember when Daryl literally started his photography career with uh, my cool pics, Nokia's uh, $78 camera from Groupon. And now this man is shooting weddings, events, music videos. I mean, you name it. In North Carolina, Texas, California, Philly, New York, all across the Eastern Seaboard and extending. And how many years has it been? Bro, crazy. We're rolling up on, this is year four. Year four, you just get your degree. Mm-hmm. You just get your degree. Yeah, and, and kind of to emphasize that. So the video on Instagram was saying, treat entrepreneurship like college, right? Mm-hmm. So you're sitting in class, you're not saying, I haven't made enough money yet. You're not getting paid. You are paying to go to college. So you're sitting in class. You're learning. You're investing in yourself. You're giving yourself four years to grow to a point where you think you should be. And so a lot Mm -hmm. of people, especially our entrepreneurs, will start a business three months in and give up because you're comparing yourself to someone who's been in the game five to 10 years right? I get on our page right now. We got a little Instagram page for the podcast. Our last video got 15 likes, right? That's probably the most we've gotten. And so if Mm -hmm. we were to judge our success on that, instead of consistency, instead of the discipline, instead of the impact, we would quit today. Mm -hmm. And so why, why even do this? Why even do it? Right. And so I encourage you, number one, if you are an entrepreneur, a business owner, number one, take your craft seriously, right? Let's respect the dollars of people, no matter what community they come from, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Always, and this is from, I've taken so many, I I will take a course if I'm trying to figure out how to do something. Mm -hmm. And almost every course I've taken about entrepreneurship or growing a business, Mm -hmm. they always say, value, value, value. Mm -hmm. You have to provide value, especially Mm -hmm. as a new business owner, go above and beyond, blow people's mind with your work. And that's how you grow organically. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as we push people to, to support our, our businesses and support the things that we're doing, let's make sure that we Mm -hmm. provide a level of excellence. Right. Um, and that's mm-hmm. important. Dude, and let me say what. And let me say one more point to that too. Don't discount your friends. Don't discount your friends. If somebody tells you that something costs forty dollars, don't ask for it for thirty, because you wouldn't go into Target and be like, "Hmm, you know, this uh, these groceries sure look good." And I know you said they're a hundred dollars, but let me go ahead and get them for seventy. Don't discount your friends. The most disrespectful thing you can do to an entrepreneur is ask for a discount. Because you're essentially telling them that I know you gave me this price for your time, but this is what I really think your time is worth. And I think that's so impactful because, again, you wouldn't go into a Target, Walmart, Best Buy, I mean, you name it, and tell somebody at one of those big box stores that I know this PS5 costs 500 
but let me go ahead and get it for uh $3.99. Go ahead, cut me a deal, right? And so with that same energy, if your friend is doing something and they tell you it costs a hundred dollars, you really want to support them. And even if you don't think it's worth a hundred dollars, think about the time and effort, the blood, sweat, and tears they put into creating their product. So yeah, man, I just and I think that's just so incredibly important that we always remember that because we are so quick to ask the people closest to us, yo, let me go ahead and get a discount. Don't 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 disrespect their time nor their craft. Yeah, I joke around all the time. So I have I so I like Will mentioned, I just moved into the music video space, right? Dropped the first video, it's almost 60,000 views on Facebook, it's booming. So what I'm telling people is if you're looking for a hookup, don't recommend me, right? Mm -hmm. I think, especially where my business is now, I'm more than fair, right? But like respect the people, like I don't, I would never recommend a friend for a situation where I know the person is not willing to pay. Right. Mm -hmm. I remember I flew out to Philly. Will hired me for this party, y'all. Will hired it was a party on a boat, a yacht or something. Will was throwing this party for his grad school organization. At that point, Will was, I'm not lying, y'all. They were paying me more per hour than I've made in one like regular photo shoot at that time, right? But the catch was I was always working to get better, right? I was, I took my craft so seriously when the money came in, I reinvested it. And like, that's what's so important for entrepreneurs. Like you need to be way, like I'm miles ahead of what I cost. And that's why I don't do discounts because I'm so ahead of my price now. And I'm working like you can't book me next year. Like, I'm not taking bookings for next year because I know the level of investment I'm putting in myself this year. There's no telling where I will be. Mm-hmm. Um, so support your friends. We're going we're gonna to keep harping on it. Mm-hmm. Um, all our friends with businesses, when they come to mind, we're going to shout them out. We want you guys mm-hmm. to support them. Um, and, and it'll come back. We know it'll come back. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen it. We've done it. Um, so with that, this has been a nice episode. It's been an hour already. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna wrap up this episode. Um, we thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Let's let's really focus on making excellence normal. Let's make wealth normal. Let's normalize all these things. Um, and by now, we hope you definitely know this is definitely more than just another podcast. So until next time, peace. This podcast was brought to you by Optical Illusions Photography and Media. Let us capture your best moments in the perfect way.